Hey, FaithBridge, it's an honor to be back with you all, and I love this series, Making Faith Work. And when we think about the, the story in James, man, this guy, he is writing words that are so relevant to today. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at just five verses this morning. Five verses. And in these five verses, James is going to teach us how he has seen people make sense of the future. He's seen how people prioritize three specific perspectives when they look at into the future. So check this out. Chapter 4, verse 13 says this. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So the first person that James details is the person who puts their financial priorities over everything else. See, he's saying he is seen in his time, people basically planted in a city for a reason, and then they begin to kind of start to think, well, you know what we should do? We should maybe leave Jerusalem. We should maybe head over to Rome, or we should maybe leave where we are because I'm hearing that there's a good business opportunity over there. And somehow in that moment, they're not listening to any other voices. They're not actually kind of finding themselves tuning in, going, God, is this what you want for us? For them, it is just a financial decision. And sometimes this is how many of us live, right? We'll hear that, man, if we were able to move to this place, if we're able to move to this company, if we're able to, to kind of move into this neighborhood, we don't actually look for anybody to kind of run those ideas by. We don't even bring it to God. Um, and if we do bring it to God, it's usually we've already made 95% of the plans and we're asking God to just bless it in the last 5%. And James is seeing this and he's going, no, 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 do you, do you understand? Do you understand? Like, it, it's so easy for us to put certain things above God, to put certain priorities above God. And really what James is saying is how you view tomorrow is simply a priority test. And he says there's some people who fail it because all they're thinking about is making money. All they're thinking about is how they can just acquire more and more and more in this present reality. And James goes, don't be that kind of person. Look what he says in verse 15. He says, instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. So he goes, hey, priority test, number two, one group of people, it's like all about financial priorities. That's how they make their decision. It is number one on their list. But James goes, hey, I have seen another kind of person, the kind of person who's saying, if it is the Lord's will, I will choose to do this. 
This is the, a posture of someone who says, man, I have this relational priority. And that relational priority starts with God, starts with the Lord, starts with his desire, starts with his wisdom, starts with us coming and surrendering to his plan for our life. And James goes, I've seen people live in that kind of way and they are able to exhale. There's like this peace. There's not this kind of, kind of desire just to make money, but there's this sense of like the best kind of way to live. Jesus in Matthew 6, says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Now the word seek in Greek is the word zeteo, Z-E-T-E-O. And what's so incredible about the Greek language, it's, it's kind of like science. It's kind of like ge uh, geometry. Because basically, there are specific tenses. There's specific ways that you could break down a word to get an understanding of what that word literally meant. Hebrew, which the Old Testament was written in, is more like art. Uh, they didn't have vowels. It, it, it's, it's kind of, you can like read into it. You can ask so many questions. But I'll tell you what. Greek is pretty easy when you begin to understand the tenses. So this word zeteo for, for the word seek is literally a second person present active imperfect. Now, the, the second person present active means it's a continuous action that never ceases. The imperfect means that there's this understanding that it has not been fully completed yet. So you could take Matthew 6.33 and translate it literally like this continuously seek without ever ceasing the kingdom of God with, an un, which, with having an understanding that it has not yet been fully completed yet. And this is how people ought to live their life. Putting this relational priority with God, first and foremost, to seek him, continuously seek him, without ever ceasing the one who has all of this wisdom, all of this knowledge, all of his desires for our one and only life. We ought to be the kind of people who come before him and say, please guide me. I have this short breath prayer that I'll often say, Lord, father me through this. It's just sometimes a way for me just to kind of reorient my posture so that I can seek first, so that I can orient my one and only life to be in alignment with the Lord's will. I, I have another sort of prayer that I just simply offer up and it's, it's a question. Because sometimes I know if I don't have a question, I know myself. I know myself and I will just head towards what I want to accomplish and I will prioritize me over everything else. And that simple question is, Lord, what's the next best right step? Lord, what's the next best right step in this meeting? What's the next best right step you want me to take in my marriage? What's the next best right step you want me to take in my career and vocation and my calling? What's the next best right step you want me to take in my relationship with my kids? And by doing this, again, it opens me up to a posture of surrender and a posture of listening. A quick time out. If you were to really look back at these last few months, 
how would you rank your priorities? Has it been like in this season, unprecedented times, it's been more about the money going, man, I'm just a little bit scared. I gotta, I gotta do everything just to make sure we got enough. And it's kind of driven with, this is a financial decision. Or has it been more of a posture of wanting to orient your life towards the Lord's will? God is a good God. God is for you. God, this incredible creator, literally wants to pour out favor and blessing upon you, but sometimes we just kind of bypass that. And we all know what this is like as parents, right? You're watching your kids and, and sometimes you just want them to, to ask for help, but you can't really like force the help onto them and you just kind of see them and you're like, buddy, I wish you would just ask. I wish you would just ask. And when you ask, I will drop everything to come alongside you and help. This is what God wants. God wants to be in that kind of relationship with you. And I know for some of you, you might say, I, I get that if you're a pastor, you'd probably think that, but you don't understand my story. You don't understand what I'm walking through. You don't understand. And I'm telling you, God created you so that he can be in relationship with you. All of the wisdom of heaven he wants to bestow on you. The question is, do you have ears to hear? Do you have a posture of surrender to receive? And James goes, man, I've seen, I've seen that this way of life works better, but he understands that so many people just kind of push that away. Look what he says in verse 16. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes all such boasting is evil. There's a whole other group of people who just go, no, I, I, I got it, I got it. Kind of leads into that financial priority. I, I'm gonna just do what I'm gonna do. And I love that he says that it's evil. And you know what evil is? C.S. Lewis says that all evil is, is co-opted good. It's been good, it's good that's been co-opted, twisted, tainted, distorted. He'll say that evil or badness is just spoiled goodness. And we know what it's like when we've had some spoiled milk in the refrigerator. That smell, that's what evil is. And that's what our schemes and our plans and our priorities are when we don't include God in from the beginning. And then he details the third type of person. He says this, Verse 17, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So the first kind of person that he sees is, is someone who's like all driven by financial priorities. The second kind of person is driven by relational priorities. You know, if it's the Lord's will, I'm gonna orient my life. I'm gonna seek first the kingdom of God. But then this third the third type of person is the person who has fearful priorities. And they're like driven by fear. They've literally heard God give them a vision. They have heard God or they understand God's word about what they ought to do. They just struggle to put it into practice. They know how to orient their life and arrange their life. But for some apparent reason, it's in the back of their mind and it's never come into 
practice. See, for some of you, maybe, maybe in this season, God has whispered to you some direction or some coaching or some kind of opportunity that he wants you to step into. Maybe it's a business. Maybe it's a ministry. Maybe it's something revolving around your character or your finances or your marriage or your relationship with your kids and you've heard it, but for some apparent reason, whether fear, whether you're skeptical, but somehow you have prioritized the feeling over the invitation that God has put before you. And for me, this just doesn't make sense. I mean, here's heaven bestowing wisdom upon you, opportunity upon you, calling upon you. And for some of us, it's like we don't trust it. We don't trust it. See, there's a group of people who are just going to kind of avoid the, the present moment and they're going to look for some other opportunity and they're going to try and figure out ways just to make money, but it's literally like a, a vapor. One translation says it's like a morning fog. Your life is just going to vanish. You want to live more than just for that. But then he says there's another group of people who is going to find their life, their one and only life, constantly in this posture with open hands saying, if the Lord's will is this, then I'm going to go do it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to put it into practice. Is I'm going to seek first his kingdom without ever ceasing and stopping because I want more and more of Jesus in my life. But then there's another group of people, another group of people who just prioritize fear. And they've heard, they've heard, but they haven't done it. They haven't done it. I don't know what's, what's more sad to me. If it's the person who just is chasing all of the world's pleasures. Pastor Ken last week talked about this, kind of that, that hedonism. People just chasing that, thinking it's going to somehow give them some sense of purpose or meaning in their life. I don't know if that's more sad or if it's more sad that someone's actually heard from God what the next best right step is. And for some apparent reason, they haven't had the confidence, the courage, or the trust in God to begin to put it into practice. I think as I've gotten older, I, I, I think I, I would now say what's, what's more sad is the person who's heard from God but just is more driven by fear than by love. And, and I think what James is just trying to say is if, you, if you've heard from God, I'm putting it into practice. If you're thinking about tomorrow and, and you're unsure about what tomorrow's gonna bring, go spend time with God. Seek out his voice. Open up his word. Listen to him. But there is gonna come a moment where you're gonna have to have the courage to put it into practice. You know the word obedience the word obedience is basically two words that have been kind of brought together. And what it really means is to listen and to respond quickly. To listen and respond quickly. And so we know what this is like when we're in a relationship with our kids and we want them to obey us. They first got to hear our instruction, but then they also have to be willing to put it into practice. We know what it's like when we've told our, our son or our daughter or we've told our kids, hey, I want you to go do your homework. And they say, yeah, mom, or yeah, dad, totally, 
and then you come back 15 minutes later and they're still, still playing video games. Or they're still on their phone. Or they're still watching TV. And you're like, hey, did you hear me? Yeah, I heard you. Then why are you doing it? And that's what this group of people are. There's some people who are choosing not to hear from God. There's some people who are hearing God and doing and not doing it. And there's some people who are not hearing God and they're just doing their own thing. And what we've got to be, Faith Bridge, we've got to be the people who make faith work. And we make for faith work when we seek first his kingdom. We seek the Lord's will. So the question is, how do you do it? How do you seek the Lord's will? First and foremost, I would say, this has to be a constant every day pursuit to know the Lord's will. Every day, every day, seek first. This is what Jesus would say. He's saying it to the disciples. I guarantee you he would say this again and again that every day you gotta seek first without ever ceasing consistently and constantly seeking first because if you don't, some other priority, whether it's fear, whether it's financial, is gonna try and take the place of God. You gotta seek first his kingdom. And number two, you gotta seek his word. I think if you're gonna actually kind of be the kind of person who orients your one and only life, to the Lord's will. You, you gotta seek first his voice. You gotta seek first his word. You gotta know what he says. I mean, for so many sincere Christ followers, they're not even diving into this book. They're not diving into the word. I mean, can I just challenge every one of you? When's the last time you've read one of the gospels? When's the last time? I mean, what, what would it look like for you? And there's so many creative ways to do this. Sometimes I'm, I'm opening it up and I'll just start in the, the book of Luke and I'll just start reading a chapter a day. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll put it on my phone and, and I'll go to either YouVersion or BibleGateway.com and, and I'll have my, my kind of ear, AirPods on and I'll just do a walk and I'll just have this person reading uh, from the NIV, Luke chapter three. Luke chapter four, it's a British voice, it's beautiful. It's gotta be God, it just sounds so good. And all of a sudden, I'm just, I just receiving. But I wanna know the teachings of Jesus. I wanna seek first God's voice, I wanna seek first his word. And then number three, you have to seek first wise counsel. And that always starts with God. Whether you have opportunities, whether you have invitations, whether you have moments that are really, really important, man, you gotta bring this before God and ask him, but then also, you gotta have people in your life. People in your life that you can say, hey, here's what I'm thinking. You think this is wise? You think this is smart? You think this is helpful? This is why there's so much beauty in the local church. And I've seen, I've seen in the lobby at Faithbridge, I've seen how people are connected online at Faithbridge. And every time you find yourself reaching out and saying, hey, I've been bringing this before God. I just feel like I, I, I need to bring this before you. Um, whether it's some kind of ache, 
And that ache could be a financial ache. That could be a vocational ache. It could be a, a relational, marital ache. But when you are honest, it could be an addiction. It could be a struggle. It could be a, a, like a, some kind of struggle with some relationship in your life or some child in your life. And you're just like, I, I don't know what to do. And, and friends, I'm telling you, for many of us in our lives, there's an area and let's be honest, multiple areas in our life where we're like, there's no map for this. There's no map for this. And, and, and if we don't do this, man, it's gonna be easy for us to just try and distract ourselves. Man, how are you doing at seeking first God's voice? How are you doing at seeking first God's word? And how are you doing at seeking first friendships to kind of speak in and give you insight. So what's amazing is when you bring this before God and you bring this before friends, it becomes a lot easier to put into practice and a lot harder to become someone driven by fear because the right friends will ask you about it. How are you doing with getting your finances back on track? How are you doing with pursuing your spouse how are you doing with trying to discern what God has next for you? How are you doing? And then you can literally say, terrible. <laughs> I'm letting fear be the winner. Or you could say, no, I'm actually becoming the kind of person that's making faith work, that I'm actually not just hearing it or running away from it. I'm actually allowing God to direct my life because I'm choosing to seek him first. Friends, I need you to understand to do this, it requires a posture of surrender. Surrender. And I, I don't know about you, but so many of us, we're running from thing to thing, chasing the world, chasing kind of success, chasing having enough. And there's a number of us who have just literally heard from God, but we are just chasing fear holding on to anxiety and worry, and we're scared out of our mind to literally believe that the God of all creation is for us. My friends, he is for you. He loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son for you. And not just to die for you, which he was willing to do, but he came to this earth to teach you how to live a life deeply connected to the Father. And this man loved you so much, this man named Jesus loved you so much, he was willing to go to the cross to take all of your shortcomings, all of your fear, all of the places that you are chasing outside of him and said, I'm gonna go to the cross for you in hopes that you would understand the length that he would go so that you could trust and love and believe in him. Friends, for some of us today, maybe watching online, maybe you've never stepped foot in a Faith Bridge church service, you're watching this, I just need you to know God has a plan for your life. But it requires you to surrender and trust that the God that made all of this the God that made this world, the God that wired and shaped you with a purpose has a better plan for your life than you. And so what we're gonna do right now is I'd love to say a prayer. 
I'd love to say a prayer that for any of us maybe who have drifted to chasing financial priorities or, or found ourselves just grabbing hold of and clinging fearful priorities, I'm gonna pray that maybe all of us would return home, would return home to a place of a relational priority with us and the Father. And after I pray, uh, maybe for some of you, you're gonna go, man, I don't have that. I don't have the, the joy that, that Pastor Ken has. I, I, don't, I don't have the, that kind of excitement and love and zeal for life that, that L.A. has when, he, when he's leading worship. I, I don't have that, that kind of desire and passion that, that Ben Stewart has when he comes and teaches. I, I don't have that. And maybe for some of you today, it's going to be at the moment that you go, I want that. And the easiest way to do it is you can just text the word victory to 797979, and one of our pastors would love just to get connected and help you, help you discover what victory can look like in your life. So let's pray, and then we're gonna sing an amazing song, I Surrender All. God, thank you for what you're doing in Faithbridge. I know for many of us, and I even know for myself, I, I can drift from what's best. I can stop seeking first you and I can start seeking financial priorities and I can hear you and I can be so afraid and fearful to put that word, that truth into practice. But God, I'm praying as a church, I'm praying for every single person at Faithbridge that would say, I wanna align my one and only life with you. If it's the Lord's will, I'm gonna do it. If the Lord wills this, if the Lord invites me into this, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna trust, even when I can't see it all, I'm gonna trust and believe that the God of all creation has a better plan for my life than even me. And God, I imagine for some of us, we've drifted so far from the Lord's will and from your plan that we just need to, a restart, a reboot. We need to come back and do alignment with you and that requires humility, that requires surrender. And so I just feel this deep, deep desire for anyone watching online right now who maybe just needs a moment just to say these words. Lord, I surrender. Lord, I give up. Lord, I need you. Lord, forgive me, guide me, use me, and lead me so that I can continue to seek your kingdom first over every other kingdom of this world. And the scriptures teach us that, man, when we pray that kind of prayer, all of heaven kind of celebrates all of heaven rejoices. And so God, I'm just trusting and believing from this living room to living rooms all across the country. The right person heard this and is saying, I have seen how financial priorities haven't been worth it or fearful priorities haven't gotten me anywhere. And I'm praying boldly and expectantly that people will find victory today. We love you, God. We trust you. And all God's people said, amen, amen, 
amen. Again, if you said that prayer, please let us know. Text VICTORY to 797979. And FaithBridge, let's be the people, the kind of people, the kind of Jesus people who know how to surrender all. Much love, grace and peace.